Hi, my name's Karen O'Connor and welcome to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is all about menopause, marriage and motherhood, obviously, and I wanted to explore the side of motherhood from the kids' perspective. What did they see about the way that they were brought up? What did they like and dislike about how I raised them and the things I did and the things that happened? So here I am talking to my second son, 24-year-old Ryan. We were talking about self-awareness, how to, how to get your kids in self-awareness during their teenage years. Is that right? Yeah, people are much more candid when they talk about themselves in the third person. There's a freedom there. What do you mean and by I... that? Explain that to me. Okay, so if you say, okay, so let's say, let's say I was a horrible teenager. I know, it's a stretch, but... Um, <laughs> Notice mother's not saying anything here. (laughs) Let's say I was awful. And, you know, I was, you know, I had difficult relationships with my siblings and my parents. And I know it's still a bit of a stretch, but um, (laughs) then I come out of it and the hormones go away. But I'm still like, those actions were mine. And there's Mm -hmm. like a bit of pride associated with that. You know, if I back down on that, that's, I'm losing face. I'm giving up. Whereas if I can talk about that as an, oh yeah, I did this, 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 because I was feeling this way. And it was completely irrational. And I'm aware of that now. You know, it allows me to own that and take responsibility for it. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. (laughs) Feel free to say no. (laughs) Well, no, it totally makes sense. The question then becomes, how did you get us to do that from your perspective? (laughs) Because from my perspective, you were just annoying. (laughs) Why was I annoying? Because you just kept niggling. (laughs) Niggling. Well, you know, hello, I'm a mother. In what way did I niggle? Well, sometimes when you're perfectly justified, mum, in being angsty and brooding. Because you're 15 and you're really hormonal and spotty. Yeah, yeah, it's because you're dignified, mum, and prideful and... (laughs) You know exactly what you're feeling and no one else understands it. Sorry, I forgot forgot how misunderstood we all are at 15. Sorry. Apologies for that. (laughs) Go for it. You know, and you've got a plan for how the next three or four years is going to play out. And it involves being socially and emotionally distant from everyone else. Because obviously you've got to be tragic in order to be a hero. Um, (laughs) You know. You've got this plan. I, I it's a sensible know, plan. It's a solid plan. And then it is, in, isn't it? in Galumph's <laughs> mum saying things like, oh, you're being silly. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> Niggling you. Being like, you call this a plan? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember really clearly one time I was in the kitchen making dinner, which I, was, mm. I seemed to be was my permanent life. <laughs> was making food for you for, yeah, for a good 10-year period there. She said bitterly, but go on. And part of that was because you all liked different things. So most Mm. evenings, like a fool, I cooked three different dinners as a minimum. Anyway, to go back to the question, (laughs) you walked in while I was chopping up these three different dinners for six people. And you made some outrageous comment. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a real 15-year-old comment about the state of the world and your position in it and how everything was screwed and the usual angsty teenager stuff. And 
what I always tried to do was not niggle, Ryan. It yeah, was right. um, <laughs> no, it was afterwards. I could only niggle <laughs> afterwards because the first thing I tried to do always was understand where you were coming from. <laughs> so really, which is infuriating, by in the way. Angsty fifteen-year-olds. <laughs> shoes i really see the world from their world and yep. try to understand it and agree with you and then you got really rashy with me like you said what, what mm. was it you just said because i was talking over you <laughs> um i can't when remember i tried to it's... get into your world <laughs> which is really annoying by the way i don't want you to i'm perfectly happy being misunderstood and then what I'd have to do was try to kind of bring you around and out of that perspective, even just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You could maybe have a little bit of freedom with what we were, you know, with what you're talking about and then, mm. and then hopefully see things from a different <laughs> perspective. And then I'd start niggling at you for being yeah. stupid and annoying mm-hmm. once, once I'd got you out of that position. But I remember this one particular day because you were determined not mm. to give up your position like Obviously. you knew yeah. that you were being wrong and the longer you went on the more ridiculous you got because you knew that you were just being a complete moron and yeah. you know i don't want to say it but a total ass about the whole thing and, okay. I, and i was i always tried to be patient yelling at you if you did something stupid was was the norm but yeah the best but in this kind of situation i was all i always tried to listen i didn't manage it i've got to say it but Mm. i did always try to listen sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah no i think (laughs) i think your sister got the worst of that one she she just knows how to push my you're gonna have to be more specific which sister the younger no i'm not no i'm not (laughs) i'm not gonna do that all right (laughs) but I did try. The other thing that I always tried to make you do was see things from other people's perspectives. Mm. You've got to see your actions from how they landed for other people and the impact they were going to have on other people. So remember your brother at one point, he was all of 10, maybe nine, maybe nine. And he was doing something at school. I mean, it's, he was just, basically (laughs) irritating a teacher it wasn't anything bad he was just irritating a teacher and he was yeah he was trying to convince his friends that this teacher was awful as well so that they could have this little gang against the teacher and i remember having this long conversation with him about what potential what is what is the impact of this going to be on the teacher what yeah. is it going to mean that she's going to think of him? And what are his friends going to think of him when they realise that he made all this up? This was all based on a complete lie. Classic. And he made it all up. And so all these guys are going to know him as a liar. Not just mm. guys. There was lots of girls in his friend group as well. Sure. They're all going to know him as a liar. And what's he going to think? And what are they going to think of him? And he listed it all out. Well, the teacher, she's going to be really sad and she's going to be upset that I did that and she's not going to like me very much and she's going to think that I'm this, that and the other and my friends are going to do blah, 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 blah. And he rattled it all out. He got it completely. He understood it completely. And I said, feeling really smug. So what are you going to do then? 
thinking the logical answer is okay well i won't do that because the consequences are too big no mm, oh well i'm nope. still gonna carry on he said oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know my brother and he did he did <laughs> Yeah, so did, yeah. that was a really big lesson for me is all I can teach you. And it was great because as the eldest, when the rest yeah, of you came along, I was like, well, <laughs> as long as I've got across to you all the stuff that I can, and I'm clear that you're clear on what the consequences and the impact and everything else is going to be. If you choose to do it, it's your problem. Seriously, mm. don't come and whinge to me afterwards because I'm not interested. <laughs> you, you went into this eyes wide open. <laughs> Seriously, not my issue. Yeah. And you all did that at some point afterwards. And you all got the, not interested, we went through this. Yeah. <laughs> you all hated me for it, didn't you? Well, hate's a strong word. We all thoroughly disapproved. And I think it, it was that basis that gave you all the ability to be aware of what other people are thinking and to put yourself in other people's shoes. And then in terms of communication and everything, that made communication with people so much easier, as far as I'm concerned, like looking mm. in on it compared to other, <laughs> other teenagers, shall we say. But those tools, that being self-aware of not only what we're going to do and what the consequences are going to be and how they're going to feel, but also how we're going to feel. And then that, that hindsight. <laughs> Hindsight's not very nice, is it, sometimes? No. Really, really not it's, nice. It's no. not good. But that kind no. of that ownership that comes from it has been very helpful. You can really own what you do and how you feel and what you've done if you can own the fact that sometimes you're going to be pretty ashamed and embarrassed of it, actually, and that that's okay. It reminds me of that conversation I had with Kira when she said, how do you get mum? to eventually stop telling you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what a question. <laughs> what a question, Kira. <laughs> and because I, I knew, I, I could feel how intensely hilarious her answer was going to be. I asked, what do you think I do? And she had like a step-by-step -step plan of what she thought that I did. Which was, come on, share. <laughs> it was quite convoluted. I remember it very specifically involved me standing up to you, as she said it, when you told me to do something and saying, I think these were her exact words, actually, mum, I know exactly what I'm doing and I don't need any help, but I appreciate your input. <laughs> Right, that's because, totally how our conversations go. Well, I said to Kira, I said, Kira, first of all, how long do you think I would survive if I said that? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, but you must do, because, you know, mum doesn't tell you what to do. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> what on earth gives you that idea, Kira? <laughs> because... <laughs> And I think that the difference is when I go across a course of action, come across a course of action now, when I say, for example, I've got this project and I'm fairly certain it's going to turn out like this. And then you say, actually, Ryan, I think it's <laughs> going to turn out like this. And I say, hmm, hmm, you know what? You could be right. And you say, well, since you're aware of that now, 
feel free to do your plan. <laughs> because I've warned you. And I say, yes, I think I still will. And then, you know, six weeks or six months later, I come back and I said, you know what? You were right. I regretted that. That was a terrible idea. And you can say in all satisfaction, yes, I told you so. <laughs> and I, and I do. I <laughs> Although sometimes I'm quite gracious about the whole thing and I try not to say, I told you so. But I will remind you that I did, we did have that conversation. Because oh, that's what it is. I figured out what it is. It's a listening, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is a listening. I was just going to say that. Yeah. The difference is if I say something to you, you take it on board. And yes. that's, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest difference. I, I don't want you to do what I'm telling them what I do, but anyway, save a lot of hassle, <laughs> but you've got to make your own lessons. Oh, yeah. It's more fun that way. But um, it's like I get heard. I get the experience of being heard, whereas that's not always the case <laughs> with some of your siblings. I'm yeah, being very careful here. <laughs> You just go ahead and say all of them if you want. There's no need to be unspecific about it. I can still yell at the youngest one, which, <laughs> which happens fairly often. But it, it is just about you go, oh, okay. And you look at it from the perspective that I'm coming at and you might twang back to where you want to be because you still got that elastic attached to the ground because that's where you want to go. That's fine. But you've mm. actually come over and listened to what I'm trying to say. When that doesn't happen, that I think is what causes the arguments and the disconnect. And it's something that I've always tried to see things from other people's viewpoints. And then if I don't agree with them, I don't agree with them. But I always try and put myself in somebody's shoes. And that's what I've tried to teach you for. And you, you've all taken it on board. You really have. It's just that me being mum sometimes gets in the way because mm. you know well, there's yeah there's an instinct to protect us from the outcomes that you can see from experience generally but also from being on the outside of these things yeah a bit more clearly and i think that's the that's the the crux of it you know the more self-aware we are the less we are operating in a vacuum yeah <laughs> and so there's a real sliding scale here how much our decisions are really up for discussion <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? But, um, okay, so for example, I recall when I mentioned oh, maybe a, a year and a half ago that eventually the plan was to move overseas, for example, to Canada yeah. to pursue that theatre lifestyle, hashtag that theatre lifestyle. I'm doing yeah. advertising now. I might want to know how to do it. <laughs> Someone new theatre company. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to plug that there. I'll put the links second. in the notes. Well, watch all my videos. They're fantastic. And I got a frantic call no more than 40 minutes later from a sibling of mine who was frantic, absolutely frantic about the fact that I was leaving the country immediately. <laughs> and I, I said, what? And they said, you're going to Canada. Why didn't you tell me? And I was like, Pardon? I don't, what? And, and it turned into this, before I could get a word in edgewise, it turned into this whole discussion about how I never tell anyone anything. And oh. I operate on my own. And I don't consider anyone else's feeling. 
And blah, 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 blah. You can imagine the kind of conversation that kind of erupted. And I was just reduced to going, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, got it, mm-hmm, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Waiting for, you know, a pause, a breath, anything longer than 0.3 of a second, which would allow me to say, actually, I think you've got rather the short end of the stick here. Um, <laughs> Because it's that listening, entering into a conversation without the slightest intention of listening to what the other person has to say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really results in a lot of the problems that kids and teenagers have. If you go in with an assumption of how the conversation is going to go, (laughs) there's no point. Mm. Regardless of how sure you are that you're right, it eliminates the possibility of being pleasantly surprised. Mm. Um, or of being aware. Or of having the person doing the talking feel like they're being heard. Mm. And that's the big thing. That's the big issue. So when you came into the kitchen that day and you were determined to have an argument, you were really determined to have an argument because I remember what came out of your mouth made me do a double take. I was like... (laughs) I had too many hormones. I don't think you understand. Too many of them. (laughs) Too many hormones. (laughs) Just too many of them. That was, for me, was a warning sign. I couldn't respond to that or react to that because that was when you came out with something so ridiculous. I was just, okay, right. We really need to just let go of everything here and try and figure out what's going on and clear (laughs) a space. Clear a space so those hormones can just make their way out of my house. (laughs) This is driving me nuts. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that's that for you in particular made the period where you were an angsty, spotty, hormone driven teenager. Well, can I call it teenager? What a raving monster, loony party. Made that period quite short for you. <laughs> I think. It, it was an eternity for the inside, I've got to tell you. <laughs> it wasn't over soon enough. <laughs> it was actually quite, it only went on for about two and a half years for you, I reckon. Ugh, if Lord. that. What a yeah, wasted amount of time. Jeez. <laughs> it, well, it, it becomes these issues, any emotional issues that you have, become much less of an issue. If I'm angsty now, I don't kick down the door to the kitchen and say, we're all going to die, life is a void. Tell me otherwise. Generally, now kind of I'm going to ask more... your partner about that one. No, no, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what happens now. More generally, more often than not, I kind of sheepishly show my head around the nearest wall or doorway or above the counter or down from the vents. You know the kind of thing. Yep. And, yep. you know, say in a, in a low level tone, I'm feeling quite angsty right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, allows her to say, okay, <laughs> what do you want to do about that? I can say something like, actually, I'm going to do some stomping for a while, or I'm going to yodel at the top of my lungs, or I'm going to play the ukulele really badly because I have no idea how to play the ukulele, but I'm just going to let it out of my system. Which or I'm going to get on the phone to my mother and my mother's going to say, Ryan, when was the last time you exercised? <laughs> Generally, that only happens before she's caught on to it, I have to admit. <laughs> but we have our phone calls in the morning, so you, you tend to get the best of it more often than not. So, yeah. That kind of being aware of it like that means that I don't take it out on people, which makes my life a lot smoother, I have to say, Mm. a lot smoother. 
I get enough mm. drama on stage without having to deal with drama in, in real life. Yeah, that, that's always been a big complaint of yours. Um, These arty types are just so drama fueled. Oh, you've got no idea. Um, <laughs> so why, Jose? <laughs> no idea. I wouldn't have expected that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> such teenagers. Yeah, I know, right? No, not acceptable. Uh, I think actually talking of that, I think mm. the other thing was that I didn't take hormonal angsty teenager as an excuse. It's not an excuse for poor behaviour. No, I think that's a good point. I think people tend to treat teenagers and kids, actually kids much more than teenagers, as a different species, like a different breed, like an animal. Yeah. Whereas if you treat them like a person, not just in terms of respect, but also in terms of you've got to get over it eventually, kiddo. Um, expectation it's it's an expectation thing you're a person i know you're not very experienced in life and all the rest of it but it's still not acceptable behavior Mm. whatever you're doing is not acceptable it doesn't work just does not work it doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) favorite saying of mine when you were all growing up that doesn't work (laughs) and then we have a long conversation about why it didn't work (laughs) sorry go on (laughs) that's something i actually use on my actors more often than not they get to kind of fed up with anything or the, the cast dynamic becomes a little bit strained or you know that you know what actors are like if we if we lean into the histrionics too much i just say oh, guys i can imagine it yeah. there's a very easy way to just say that this isn't working and it's to say guys this isn't working that's all you need to say that's the end of the conversation then we can move on you don't need to spend 20 minutes niggling each other because it's infuriating to watch. Bit of a tangent there. Well, no, because the other, one of the other big things that I was really keen on was if you don't sort it out yourselves, <laughs> I'll take everything <laughs> off you and you can sit in an empty room. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, so, that, it's that ownership, isn't it? Yeah, it is ownership. And I think... I, I was just really keen on making my life easy when you got to teenage years and being really strong on what works and what doesn't work and mm. my expectations of you. And I'm not talking about expectations in terms of you being behaving perfectly and achieving this, that, and the other, anything else. It was, no, as a person, is yeah. that who you want to be? That's not who you want to be. That's not who, when you're happy, that's not who you are. And that was, I was really strong on that one as well. Yeah. It gives you responsibility and freedom. If you say, if you you look back on the events of, for example, when I decided to pick a philosophical fight with my mother because I was unhappy with the state of the universe, I can look back and say, actually, you know, I, I was being quite ridiculous. And it was because of this, this, and this. Mm. I can own that. And I can say, you know what, in future, if I have a philosophical issue, I'll start by saying, actually, I think I have a little bit of a, a, little bit of a wibble philosophically. Would you like to discuss it? It has nothing to do <laughs> with how good or bad our relationship is or how many hormones I have, which generally just makes things easier and nicer. It does. And it, oh, it kind of clears the way in life. You're not going through a murky life, leaving all this stuff behind you. It's just clearer and easier. Mm. Some of my actor friends have often asked me, Ryan, how do you avoid so much drama? Being self-aware, I think, 
really sums it up because self-awareness isn't just about how you feel it's about how you are in relation to others isn't it oh um, totally in everything it's awareness of your position in the universe in all regards Mm, which has definitely helped it's a valuable lesson for anyone i think and particularly going into teenage years it's such an important lesson it's a hard one it's like that first time i think everyone's had that moment when they were kids when they first realized that other people have emotions and not like you know they have emotions but for that first moment it strikes you of how deeply someone feels about a particular thing and what was that for you what are we talking about i remember it quite clearly for example you'd made dinner and i can't remember who didn't want to it might have been even more than one of us didn't want to eat it and it struck me how often that had happened how much time and effort you put into cooking things for us and how little i had cared about that wow Um, and it hit me like a ton of bricks um and it was a tough lesson i was inconsolable Um, well it's you know you suddenly take on a whole nother person's emotions at the same time that you're trying to deal with your own it's a lot for a kid and self-awareness is a lot too becoming suddenly aware that first of all all of these other people have feelings about you and that you can't control that. You can influence it, but you can't control it. it. Really takes away that feeling of safety, of security. If you're the only person who thinks in the universe inside your mind, everything you do matters. Whereas if you become suddenly self-aware of the entire universe all at once, you realize that, you know, on the face of it, you're not that important, mm. which is tough. It's freeing, but it's tough which is why I think a lot of teenagers try to avoid it. I was just going, my mind was going along the same track as well. How much of all the, the distancing teenagers do has to do with the fact that they're becoming more aware of other people and mm. their impact on other people and they don't like it, so they run away from it. How old were you when that incident happened? Oh, God, I don't know, seven. It's quite you early. were quite young, were you? Mm, it's quite early. But it happened again and again a few times. I happened um, every blooming night. Unless I made pasta with ham and cheese on for one of you, pizza for another one. I can't remember what the other one was, but it was unless I made four specific single dinners and you had that meal and that was all you ate, then I got whinged at. Yep. <laughs> what I meant was for different people because it's, it's hard. The closer you are to someone, the more you see them as an object, really. Yes. You know, so it happened for you quite early on because you're very vocal about your emotions. It's quite easy to to figure that out. It happened for dad when I was 13, 14, much later. Okay. Because he's much more closed off about his emotions. Yeah. Far more closed off. Whereas I let you all know. (laughs) Yeah, you did. And it made it really easy (laughs) to figure out how you were feeling at a given point. It also works differently for, for different people, doesn't it? I mean, it was easy for me at that point. But I don't think, for example, some of my siblings have ever understood how you felt, regardless of how vocal you are about it. No, um, no, not at all. So it's just everyone is. And, and you all understand in different ways as well. But there are hmm. some things that we all don't like taking on board as individuals. We don't like it at all. One of the things I struggle with taking on board 
is is I can't I can't think of <laughs> a specific term for it, but it's when you do the screw you, the up yours gesture. You know, when somebody suggests something and you say no just for the sake of saying no because some that person suggested it. If somebody else has suggested it, it'd be okay. Or if you'd thought of it yourself, it'd be a good idea. But just oh, that petty defiance, spite. the petty yeah. spite kind of thing, I find is just a massive trigger for me. Mm. And none of you four did that very much. You all did it occasionally. Uh, but it's not one of the things that you that is part of your personalities. <laughs> no, though I suspect it may have got hammered out of you at a fairly young age because I yeah. wasn't having a bar of that one. But I do know other people that do that. And I that's one of the hardest things I find to deal with and the other one is and I suppose in a similar kind of vein the other one that I I really would not tolerate from any of you is selfishness in terms of doing what you want to do regardless of the consequence and not caring about the consequences like when Jamie did that thing with his teacher he was nine maybe ten it was such a hard lesson for him. He was heartbroken when it, everything came to the surface and he really, truly got what the, what the impact was on other people and how he'd made people feel. And, he, and when he realised that that wasn't who he wanted to be for those people and he certainly didn't want to cause that amount of pain, he was heartbroken. He was a mess for months over mm. it. But he was only young. And I don't know how that's impacted him or whether he's even aware of the impact of it and connected the dots back to it but I can see how that changed him but there are people who go through life through their entire lives without ever becoming aware of that kind of thing and the impact that they have and possibly as you said before possibly as a defense mechanism it's much easier not to have to think about it oh certainly is you know it's really quite cruel to you for us (laughs) you will be aware you will do it this way and you will be the best person you can be. No excuses. <laughs> oh, look, I'm, um, I'm not going to pass judgment at all on your parenting methods because I haven't got any better ideas. Really? You know? <laughs> no one knows what they're doing, especially no. not the kids. And you've no. just got to figure it out as you go along, really. you just got to keep the important lessons in mind about honesty and generosity and awareness. And respect. respect. Respect is a big one for me. Well, I think respect comes naturally if you really understand someone else. If you get them. Yeah. I, I read somewhere once, if you understood from the ground up everything about another person, everything they had ever done from the, from the inside, everything they knew about themselves, you couldn't help but love them. It's always stuck with me, that particular lesson, because I think it's quite true. Everyone, Ooh. to a certain extent, loves themselves, whether or not they want to admit it. Well, they love a version of themselves. So respect follows naturally on from that emotional awareness of someone else. You know, those moments that we have, those flashes of empathy, of sympathy, form how we view respect. It's fascinating seeing things from your viewpoint. Mm, It's equally, I mean, I think you've always been a bit more vocal about your viewpoint as part of these lessons. So I, I think I understand your viewpoint a little bit more than I understand mine because I never feel the need to explain it. It's like the, um, you gotta wait till you get kids and then you really gotta think about it. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, true, true. It's like, I heard a saying, I think it was Jamie, was saying, you never talk about how you feel about these things. And I said, well, because I think it's perfectly obvious. I, I mean, isn't it? 
yeah. you know, I don't feel the need to explain it because I think it is obvious. No, I talk about it, talk about it. But I consider myself such an open book, so willing to talk about these things that it doesn't occur to me that people might not know. So I'm absolutely happy to chat about it if you do want to get more of an insight. I think we've probably talked about enough for today, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah I, I had a good conversation as well. It was pretty good. Okay, cool. Well, well what do we do now? Do, we say, do I say goodbye to everyone? Goodbye, everyone. Yeah, you could say goodbye. All right, goodbye, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> you've been listening to the silky smooth sounds of Ryan O'Connor, someone new theatre company. I'll see you next time. How was that? Was that good? That was good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Don't forget that all the links and information that we've spoken about in this podcast is available on the podcast page of my website. Thanks so much for listening. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next time. Bye for now.